Bertha Charuma on SAFM. All things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. Yes, Niku Smith is with us online. Good morning, Nico. Good morning. Nico? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. So (laughs) you've got a surprise for us today. I don't know yet if it's a surprise. Um, There's just some cars, um, and we'll talk about those in a a while. These are not really cars that I have reviewed, but they're just cars that are new to the market um, and that, you know, that people can go out and have a look at. So I haven't reviewed them, but we'll, we'll talk about them in a sec. The first thing I want to talk about is the fact that I don't know if you saw this week in New York City, a parking garage collapsed. Are you no. aware of okay. No, I didn't, Nico. I'm, I'm just yeah, I'm so, going to, to, to take a look at it. Yeah, so there's a parking garage in New York, New York City that collapsed. Um, um, but if you go a little bit further and you read up about it, it seems that the, the parking garage wasn't well built. In other words, there were bits of steel sticking out. Um, so in other words, there were some, some, some quality issues with the parking garage. But the reason why I'm talking about it is that in the UK, um, they have like a parking, um, uh, the parking garage association, uh, and they have mentioned that in the future, the um, parking garages might not be strong enough for the cars that park in them. Because what's happened is that as electric cars are getting heavier and heavier, parking garages were initially designed to, you know, let's say carry a certain uh, car with a certain weight. And now because there's electric cars, electric cars have become heavier, which means it's a lot more weight around um, uh, or weight on the structure of a parking garage. So in future, some of the older parking garages might not be strong enough to hold all that weight. That's something we maybe we haven't ever considered even. You know, so there are some other consequences with electric cars. Yeah, I can I can just imagine. Well, that that really says to me next time when I park, I must just park in open space. <laughs> I think you're okay now. So it's not like right now you have to worry when you go to your local shopping center and it has a parking garage with a few levels that you have to worry. But depending on how it's built and older parking garages, of course, um, the more and more there are electric cars, the more weight is literally going to add on. Because an electric car, normally, the downside of it is that it weighs quite a lot because the batteries are quite heavy. heavy. And right now, that's the way battery technology works. So it could easily add six or 700 kilograms just to the weight of the car because of the electric or because of the battery. So electric cars are normally up from two tons to, you easily get SUVs that are two and a half tons, some of them even a little bit heavier, which means you have a really quite a heavy car. um, And and that's, of course, the downside of of electric cars. I recently saw now um, from China, there's that technology in in, in batteries that are saying, listen, they, they are developing batteries that are much more efficient for the, the, the size of the battery, which means it'll possibly in future bring down the weight of the electric car. Because, of course, you can think of it, you know, if you, it goes back to, uh, there was a guy that raced um, in the 60s and 70s and early 80s, and his name was Colin Chapman. And he, his, his mantra or philosophy was always add lightness. In other words, make the racing cars lighter. But the same actually applies with road cars. We, we have a lot of technology that go into road cars so um, if I go back to the 1980s, cars it had a radio. Um, if you're lucky, you had an air conditioner. Even air conditioners were luxury things. Or we had wind-down windows. So as we went into the 90s and we're now going on into the latest cars, there's a lot more technology. There's a lot more safety in the cars. And all those things 
add weight to the core. So to have the latest tech and the latest safety features, um, uh, that adds weight. But as soon as you add weight, you have to add bigger brakes. That means the car gets heavier again. So in other words, manufacturers are also looking at how can we make our cars lighter? Because if the car goes lighter, then you can have smaller brakes. It goes down a little bit, becomes a bit lighter. If it's a bit lighter, you can have lighter unsprung mass. So the, 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 it's like a snowball effect that can go either way. It can go positive. In other words, as the car goes lighter, it becomes mm-hmm. a, a positive. But as the car adds weight for the technology, it's also negative because now the car is heavier. You have to add bigger brakes. It adds more weight. So with electric cars, they're really trying to fight that cycle of um, adding weight. And rather, if, if you can make the battery lighter, then that's a big benefit in making the car lighter. I suppose that was a bit of a blind spot because I think we had progressed and it almost like we've regressed in terms of, I mean, producing cars that have that have plastic. No one ever dreamt way back in the 60s that would have, a, you know, a car with, you know, made out of plastic material. That, that, that's the thing. I mean, uh, if you look at luxury cars and, and you, when you get to a high-end luxury cars, um, a lot of the performance cars now have uh, carbon fiber reinforced plastics. In other words, they have... Um, material that's stronger than metal but lighter than metal. So that's you know that's a, a benefit, but it's not cost effective. Some manufacturers use aluminium bodies, but aluminium is very expensive. So only really in a high-end car is it making it worthwhile. So you're always trying to fight this battle where between the weight in the car and the technology in the car. Um, because again, it's simply weight. If the car's lighter, you can have a smaller engine to get the same performance. Mm. So, you know, that, that's a snowball. If you're talking about, and, and there's something I thought about this week as well, unintended consequences. Um, we're talking about electric cars a lot, um, you know, and I mention electric cars a lot. But in reality, um, in South Africa, I think unintended um, consequences of ESCOM um, and not supplying us power is we are not adopting electric cars. So um, previously, ESCOM wasn't an issue when we had two hours load shedding and even I guess four hours load shedding, I don't think really it affected electric cars when you charge them at home. But I personally think it was still not a problem. You could charge them. But now because we have these high stages and, and long four hours and a small break and two hours and four hours, um, I think what it does is um, South Africans now, we, got, we become a lot more hesitant in adopting electric cars. Um, but the, the, the unintended consequences is if you look at any car manufacturer, so this week two manufacturers that our major manufacturers said, listen, we are adopting electric cars, um, or we're focusing more on it. One was Kia saying, listen, we want to be one of the world's leaders in electric cars. Another one is Jaguar Land Rover saying, listen, our big focus in future is electric cars. So we're focusing, um, they're investing 15 billion pounds um, in, in electric luxury cars. That is now Jaguar Land Rover. Um, and then the same thing, Kia says they're starting to build a facility for electric purpose-built vehicles um, in South Korea. So the unintended consequences of load shedding is that we all going, hang on, why would I want an electric car when we back into electricity for our homes? It's true. Car manufacturers manufacturers are moving that way. So it's sort of, I don't know if it's a chicken and egg situation, but we're definitely caught up where we're not adopting it, but we should because that's where where cars are going. And also our GDP, I think, something like 6 or 7% of our gross domestic profit is our car industry. But they are just building internal combustion engine. So, uh, yeah, I don't know where this is going, but, you know, it's sort of, we need to actually adopt electric cars where we're just batting to supply electricity. And I don't know what the answer is, really. Mm. Just tell me something, because I know that Elon Musk, um, you know, started with, uh, with, uh, with a Tesla. Does he have the rights to, 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 to the electric cars, some form of rights? No. So, first of all, Elon, it's just, 
Elon Musk didn't really start the electric car. Elon Musk was a very clever inventor. So what happened is that they would, um, uh, uh, Tesla had already developed an electric car. It was a small car that was based effectively really on a Lotus um, body. Um, and he saw the potential and he invested in, 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 in Tesla. Um, so investing in Tesla, of course, with a big cash um, um, injection, Tesla grew suddenly. And then Tesla, um, really, um, when they built the first real major successful car, which was Model S, um, it changed cars completely. In other words, they had this electric sedan. It worked quite well. Um, and, and the car market wasn't there yet in America. I think they were adopting it. Other places, they were sort of thinking about it. And then when I, I think personally, when it really changes, Tesla launched a car called the Model 3, which was an affordable electric car. And people were paying $1,000 um, um, and saying, well, we're willing to wait for a year for that car. And that part of that, I think Tesla started um, and, and they changed um, car manufacturers' focus because car manufacturers were building cars that were expensive and they weren't really focusing on electric cars. So what Tesla did is that they were the pioneer of saying, you know what, um, electric cars are, can be cheap, they can be affordable, they can have long range, they can have great performance. So that's what Tesla does really well. And even now is that they have four models, but the pricing is quite good. And, and that's attracting people to, to, to Tesla. The quality, honestly, um, is not, and I, this is from my experience with different Tesla models, not really fabulous. So it, they are really quality issues. But what it gives you is great performance, good range, and affordable. Uh, and that's and, 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 and also, and they really work on the technology. And so there's some technologies that are ahead of other car manufacturers. And that's making, um, you know, normal car manufacturers, the ones we know, going, hang on, what's going on? These guys are really changing the way cars work. And what, what the, again, I think what, what Tesla has done is Tesla, because they, they were so successful, new companies started that weren't there before. So something like Lucid Air, there's a company called Lucid Air, mm. or there's somebody called Rivian that made an electric, let's call it electric battery, a pickup. And they weren't car manufacturers before at all. And, and what they did is they, they simply just um, started new electric vehicles, and they, they, they are selling, and they're selling successfully. So the normal car manufacturers that we know from the 60s and 70s and 80s suddenly went, hang on, we've got to change our focus because they have no history of making cars, and they're selling successfully. Yeah, um, we'll take a small break, and Nico, and we'll come back and continue with our conversation. You are on SAFM, the Jet Set Breakfast, and you can send your questions, your queries, whatever it is that is um, uh, car related or motor- automotive related. Oh six one four one zero four one zero seven. That's oh six one four one zero four one zero seven. What I like about the Tesla, it looks very the aesthetics. It looks quite sleek. It's almost like a, a smaller version of a Lexus, which is quite, you know, it just gives that a you know bit of elegance. But anyway, we'll be back and we'll continue with our conversation. All things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. Yes, Niku is on a line. And of course, I've got a question, uh, uh, Nico. Um, and it says, Nico, please comment on the darker side of green energy. Example. The effects of lithium mining on on the environment, especially in countries and towns where there's very little or no rain, and this is detrimental on water reserves. That's from uh, is it Pumberg? Frank Pumberg. Nico. Nico. I think Nico. Um, yeah. 
we just lost Nico. Uh, we'll try and get him back because he's got some really fantastic news. I mean, we're going to take a look at um, the newly launched cars that look absolutely cute. And of course, that um, question from Frank is actually very valid because, you know, sometimes we think we've made 10 steps forward only to realize that we've taken 30 steps backwards and we have to revisit and restructure and re-strategize. Uh, Nico is back. Nico? Yes, um, Bruta, sorry about that. So, yes. Um, um, I had a, I've got a, I've got a WhatsApp here which says please Nico comment on the darker side of green energy for example the effects of lithium mining on the environment especially in countries and towns where there's very little or no rain and this is um, detrimental on water reserves and uh, Frank is the one who sent us that that WhatsApp. So, so, Peter Maritzberg, he says CC it's Frank from Peter Maritzberg. Thanks Frank. Um, you know what, I, if I'm honest, I have very little knowledge on this. I can tell you a little, the little that I know. Of course, you need to speak to an expert. But the, what's happened is car manufacturers have pressure, uh, pressure not, you know, it's gone as far as saying don't make internal combustion engines in Europe. So, unfortunately, legislation is also for, you know, in other words, people want to do one thing. So they're saying, listen, petrol and diesel is bad. So make electric. In other words, the, the lawmakers force you in one direction. Instead of saying, for instance, you know what, why don't you also look at alternative fuels for petrol and diesel that might be cleaner? So what happens is car manufacturers are forced in a direction saying, come back petrol and diesel. So then they've got to say, okay, what can we do? So we can do electric cars, we can do hydrogen cars. But what is true, the unfortunate downside of electric cars is the battery technology. And lithium, and there's not a lot of places or countries in the world that actually supplies lithium. So now you have a limited source that you have to use for the battery. So, they, you know, if you look at any car, um, any transport system, there's, ups, there's positives and negatives. So if you look at the downside of fossil fuels is emissions from cars and um, car manufacturers have worked hard to get the emissions down. And, you know, I'm sure there's only, there's only a certain amount of fossil fuels left on Earth. Um, if you look at electric cars, well, the car itself has no emissions when it's driving. But you can go as far as saying, well, how does electricity develop? And if you, you know, if you look at the whole cycle, and you're using, um, in Norway, they have um, a lot of recycle, uh, renewable energy. So they have a lot of um, um, water, electricity generated by water. Um, and that actually means that the cars are driving around. There's not a big impact in the environment. But in South Africa, if we're using coal to generate electricity, then actually, even though the car is fine, uh, emissions from coal um, is going into, or not burning like coal, burning coal is going into the atmosphere. So it almost feels to me a little bit like you can't win um, in, in where you're going because there's going to be emissions in the transport system. The best one probably is a bicycle because it's just your energy. But there definitely is a lot of truth in lithium mining and it's not being great for the environment. And actually, you know, how do we, how do we recycle the batteries or how do we, um, uh, in other words, what happens to the second life of the batteries of the car? So they, definitely there is an environmental impact, and you can't you can't move away from it. I think car manufacturers are aware of that as well. But, mm. You know, but I think the best would be to get an an expert in this and you know to say this is the impact on the environment, this is the impact of, of lifting uh, uh, you know or mining those rare materials that go into batteries. Of course, common the same the battery technology. That's the thing holding electric cars back. It's not the electric motors. Um, it's, uh, in other words, it's simply the battery. And if you can find other materials as, as, as options for, for batteries, if you can find 
other types of, I've read about solid state batteries, which is a different type of technology, as I said, I read about now um, batteries that are um, a, lot, a lot more efficient. Um, those are other alternatives. So there's definitely a big focus worldwide on alternatives. Um, and yeah, the, the, the fact is there are material mat, um, materials going into battery and electric cars in the batteries that aren't actually great. There's not a lot of them left. Yeah, I've got another um, WhatsApp here. It says, "Good morning. Um, which uh, which brakes are interchangeable on a Nissan Bucky uh, 1400 NP 300 200 one tonner, or the brakes are made specifically for a certain Bucky?" Oh, I don't know. That's <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a simple answer. I mean, um, you could. Uh, I guess you could go down to your Nissan dealer and ask them. It sometimes is the fact that. Um, they are interchangeable brakes in a manufacturer, for instance. So in other words, it might be that the Nissan Bucky, although it's small, so they tend to be smaller brakes because the Bucky type is light. But within the Nissan range, there could be other models, and chances are pretty good at that, that have interchangeable brakes. So the brakes on another model Nissan fit on your NP um, Bucky, but I don't know. This is sort of way beyond. Um, if you think about me, I'm a guy that drives cars with them and tells you all about them. And when, when it gets to the technical stuff, I really don't work on the cars. Um, so I, 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 I can say where to find it, what I think, but I don't know the answer. I am so sorry. Okay. <laughs> so you're killing me with suspense. Let's do, mm. let's do this very quickly. Oh, two yes, newly launched out, cars. Oh, no. Yes, we're running out of time. So two cars to look at. Definitely um, is, first of all, Suzuki. Um, Suzuki is really successful in South Africa. The last... Um, uh, I think this month now they say the third biggest manufacturer in South Africa or the third, no, sorry, let me rephrase the third best seller of cars so Suzuki has grown quite a lot if you look in, in 2018 2019 they sold 241 units um, uh, sorry 12,000 units 12,241 cars uh, in the year um, now so far they've sold nearly 50,000 cars so Suzuki very popular, and what they've launched is the new Suzuki Grand Vitara, um, which is a small SUV. The Vitara's, uh, Grand Vitara has always been a popular little car. Yes, what it makes has. it worthwhile is it's a little SUV starting at 339,000, depending on which specification you have, and going up to 529,000. So the Grand Vitara, first of all, definitely worth a look. Um, when you're buying a Suzuki, you're buying a car that's probably never going to break. And, you know, if you're looking at reliable brands, this is what really makes Suzuki strong. So if you're in that price bracket and you're looking for an SUV, um, definitely give the Grand Vitara. Um, it's worthwhile looking at. As I said, I haven't driven these cars. I'm just basically telling you about the cars that have launched. Another one that I think that, that aren't as popular with Africans, but that's very underrated is the Nissan X-Trail. So the new, new 2023 X-Trail has also um, 2023, rather, has also been launched in South Africa. Um, and what you're getting is you, you have established brands that people buy. So in, in this segment, for instance, the Toyota RAV4 is very popular. Um, so you are missing out. You're not going to look at the new external. From the picture, it's good-looking. It's different styling. Digital displays on the instrument cluster, digital touchscreen on the center console. So as an alternative, definitely go and have a look at you. If you're looking at SUVs, um, uh, and bigger SUVs, uh, the new Nissan X-Trail, it's starting at 649,000 and then goes up to 760,000 plans. So worthwhile watching if you're going to look at this, you're looking for other bigger SUVs.
Mm. And I see there you that go. I think I made it in time. No, you did make you made it spot on on time. Thank you so much for for joining us, uh, Nico. We'll chat to you next week at the same time. I always look forward to chat to you about um, motoring, and hopefully next time we can also maybe try and figure out cars that are petrol that are very good when it comes to petrol consumption, because right now, phew, when you go to the petrol pump, you start sweating bullets because yeah, that's you know. Let's talk about that next week. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Nico. Have yourself a great weekend. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye for now. That's Nico Smith, Patrol Head, right here on SAFM on the Jet Set Breakfast, and he will be back next week at the same time.